You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 465 of Podcateers. This week we talk about 3D printed items from the parks that we would like to own. Indiana Jones is coming to Disney Plus. We talk about the news regarding the Disney Plus app merging with the Hulu app. Talking points from the last investor call. How the purchase of Hulu could affect Disney. Muppets Mayhem. A new trailer for the Haunted Mansion movie dropped and our excitement levels have shot through the stretching room. And of course, our Disney history segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, continues with 1961 and 1962. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, a special section of Discord, random giveaways, and more. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that is going to wrap up the intro. It's time to get this episode going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 465 of Podcateers. Is that appropriate? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I guess that's more appropriate, yeah. Ooh. We are going to be talking about a Ooh. very spooky trailer later. Ooh. You can't see it. I'm waving my arms around. <laughs> you are. Like a ghost. <laughs> like a lonesome ghost. <laughs> Is it like a ghost or one of those crazy inflatable flailing arm men? <laughs> I don't know what those flat, flat, like. flat, 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 flat. Wacky, wavy, like, flat, 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 arm flat, flailing, flat, tube flat, flailing, flat, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Family Guy joke. Yes, the I Family Guy joke, about. yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Well, we got uh, really exciting news today because we got an official trailer for The Haunted Mansion. We're going to be talking about that later in the episode. First of all, how's everybody doing? Good. Oh yeah, I've been just I've been building uh, all kinds of sets. We're doing uh, arsenic and old lace at one of my oh. theaters. It's a classic uh, show. If you haven't seen it, um, if any places around you are doing arsenic and old lace, it's a very funny show. The movie uh, from like I don't, I don't remember what the movie is. I think it's a '40s movie um, that was made with Cary Grant, I believe. Also very good. So it's just a lot, lots of work. There's a second story, lots of stairs. All kinds of stuff. Victorian house. It's it's a lot of work, but it's uh, fun. I was very covered in sawdust today. Right on. How did uh, elementary slash middle school slash high school musical, the musical, the musical, the, the stage show go? 
You know what? It's still going. I, I have uh, one more weekend left this coming weekend. So if you're in the uh, greater Sacramento area, uh, you can come and see uh, High School Musical. There's still uh, some good tickets left. Uh, but yeah, that's going well. They did a great uh, first weekend. The opening night was sold out. So it was very nice. They did a great job. Three more shows left. Um, and as soon as we do those, I just ha- you know get all those songs stuck in my head. Um, so together, something, yeah, something, and exactly that's most of in it. This place, yep, pretty much. <laughs> it's the music, and now you just got it stuck in my head. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it, it just pops right back in, like it's 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 like riding a bike, but in my brain, I guess. I don't know. It but, does. Uh, I mean, look, I'm gonna sticky. I, I think I might show my age right now, but back in my old days, Woo! when I used to watch a lot more TV. And look, I still watch a lot of stuff or listen to stuff rather, but I mean like TV, TV, right? Like terrestrial TV, rabbit ears, stick a paper clip in the back of the TV style to get television, right? Yep. There used to be a Jack in the Box commercial. And man, I was obsessed with this commercial. I even showed it to my kids and they were like, we don't get it. Like, we just, <laughs> like it's why but i was whistling the song for almost a week straight uh at one point i was telling people at work if they remembered it and they were like why are you doing this to us why are you putting (laughs) this in our head but it was an old commercial where jack was out on the prairie and he was raising tiny cattle for the mini sirloin burgers (laughs) and i remember the song so vividly that And look, here's the weird thing, okay? I don't even know why this thing popped into my head. All I know is that I was in the middle of a meeting and maybe I was having a Homer moment where like he's like, meow, 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 right? Right. Maybe it was one of my meow, meow Homer moments or something because I'm in this meeting and all of a sudden I'm like, way out west, way out west, there's a story told, story told. And this song just busts into my head, right? Yippee-yay, mini sirloin burgers. And if you know the song, you know the song. If not, I'll even send you a YouTube video. Heck, I'll put it up on Discord. You are welcome if you want to get that thing that. stuck in your head. <laughs> but man, for I'm telling you, for like a week straight, I was like, yippee-yay, mini sirloin burgers, yeah. <laughs> like just all day for no reason. And I'm telling you, I, sh- I, to- I showed my kids and they were like, why? Why, why are you doing this to us? Do you- why? So... Yeah, you could get worse <laughs> things stuck in your head than the songs from elementary school slash middle school slash high school musical, the musical, the stage show, yeah. Junior. Well, that just reminds me of the, now you made me think of a different commercial. I think it was a Burger King commercial for the Tender Crisp Bacon Cheddar Ranch. I don't know if oh, you know that one. That it, was, it was to the tune of Big Rock Candy Mountain. Uh, I don't know if you, it, the song, Big Rock Candy Mountain was in, the movie oh brother where art thou mm. um, oh please sing it the, yeah. the big uh, uh there's a big rock candy mountain where it's uh where you never change your socks and something <laughs> something's it's 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 about like uh like uh the the classic hobo like what a classic hobo would dream of so like uh where the like the cigarette trees and the this and the that and like it's a very kind of interesting song that's probably from the 
uh, I think it was started as like one of those kind of railway songs and then popularized in the twenties or thirties or something. But I just, I just remember there's like the tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch and there's like all kinds of, oh, where the tender wait. crisp bacon. Yes. I remember that part. Yes. <laughs> That's the I part re- I remember. Oh, yes. The tender. Oh, and then oh. like, I think the guy, like it was a cowboy guy and then he would be like, Writing the sandwich, if I'm remembering this correctly, oh. I don't remember. But there was a guy, and I'm pretty sure there was like giant food. And uh, I'm probably gonna look this commercial up after I'm done, or Hazen's looking it up now. One of the two. Okay, but, so I don't uh, know anything, but watching your guys's reaction is hilarious because <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea, and seeing like Hazen's face being all excited while you're talking to him, like. I need this YouTube link now. <laughs> I like I like commercials. I I used to let you know. There is a like uh, an art to commercials in the like the late nineties through the early two thousands. Oh, the jingles, yeah. All mm-hmm. the jingles and and things. I mean, even earlier than that. But I wasn't around before that, so. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's oh, like oh man. What is the big like? It's at least on my like Instagram and stuff. I keep seeing the the Whopper song. It's like Whopper Whopper Double Whopper. Yeah. Some Junior oh, my, Whopper. That bacon. my kids sing all the time. It's all over the internet. That's a, a meme. Wow. A meme memeified <laughs> commercial. Yeah. And yeah. the and the one that like I thought was I th- I'm sure we've talked about this on a podcast before of the the berries and cream commercial that has now become yes. popularized on the internet again. I remember when that was that came Starburst out. or Skittles. Uh, I believe it was uh, Skittles. I think. Okay. I'm a little yeah. lad who loves <clears throat> berries and cream. Berries and cream. Nope, berries it's Starburst. It was Starburst. Starburst. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and he looks cream. like Lord Farquaad. Anyway, <laughs> you're right, though. Uh, That's so commercial I guess talk. We'll we'll put the question out to everyone listening, whether it's a Disney commercial. Because, listen, in the 90s and early 2000s, there were some really memorable Disney, Disney World commercials. So you can let's share our favorite commercials over on Discord. It doesn't have to be Disney related if, if you don't have one. But if you have one, that'll be fun as well. Uh, I'm curious. And if you remember the mini sirloin burger song or that commercial, let me know. Uh, everybody that I talked to about it was like, you're crazy. This commercial never existed. And I'm like, no, this is not a Mandela effect. This was a real <laughs> commercial that I saw with my own two eyes. So, I mean, I wouldn't have made up the song if it didn't exist. Right? Because right. <laughs> I never make up songs on the spot about stuff. Right? So the commercial had to have existed. Right? I'm too excited to sleep. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Let's, uh, I have a question for you. Hmm. You know, the, the Neil Patrick Harris video that we talked about last week uh, served as a really great commercial for a 3D printer for me. Because, yeah. you know, like I said, I as soon as I watched it, I'm like, I was ready and willing to, like, purchase a 3D printer. Like, I was researching, and it was in a cart and everything. <laughs> and I came to my senses right before, you know, because I still don't have space for one. That is the truth. Like, if I had space for it, I would have probably purchased one a long time ago. But it did get me thinking. You know, considering they made this door from the Haunted Mansion... There's plenty of things around the park that 
maybe not they're not necessarily iconic but they hold iconic status to groups or to certain people right like that door Mm -hmm. from the haunted mansion is just like oh like to some people they're gonna see it and it's like oh cool that's from the haunted mansion but if you're a mansion fan you'll be like no i need that in my house right and so if you had a 3d printer and space was no issue right for Mm -hmm. for an item what would you want to 3d print to have in your house (laughs) <laughs> I'm giggling because um, this isn't going to be in my house. This would be my house. <laughs> I, would <laughs> I would actually 3D print, if I had the ability, the entire outside portion of Alice in Wonderland with the leaves. <laughs> and nice. you would go in through the <laughs> the rabbit hole, and then that's how you would go in. And it would be like, yeah, away from nice. everyone. <laughs> nice. Front yard then. That would be like the entire like facade of your house, basically. Mm-hmm. That's dope. I like that idea. Right. It'll cool. just take like ten thousand years. <laughs> teacups or no teacups? Mm, that could be my I front mean, yard. <laughs> you got you got to have a teacup, right? Right. You got to have at least one to spin in. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have at least one. That's an awesome idea. That'd be awesome, uh, Andrew. What would uh, you yeah. 3D print? Uh, I mean, my first uh, go-to was uh, Mara's big old head. Um, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I know you were. I, I was. I was waiting to see if you were gonna say it. No. I I talked about one time uh, for a D23 costume to like, you know, because I I wear my Sala costume to to D23. I'm like, okay, if I just get a bunch of people. I can like make a big styrofoam Mara head and they can all carry it around. <laughs> so I'm I kind of obsessed with Mara's big old head. I know Melissa's too. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I can have like a Mara gateway where you walk through Mara's mouth and it goes to the front door. Oh, or nice. I don't yeah. know. There's There's so many things. I mean, like. I have, like, I would love to have, like, a whole... I mean, I already have a shrunken Ned. Like, he's right there. You can't see it on the people listening. But I have a shrunken Ned. He's, like, life-size, so that's great. But maybe, like, the box to put him in, his whole little shrunken Ned box. I'd love to have one of those. Um, I mean, even just some of, like, the... um, I know. I, I, you said one thing. This is lots of things. It is, um, hey, but see, I got a go for it. You have what I have now dubbed Hazenitis when it comes yeah. to these <laughs> ideas, right? Because I go through the same thing. My head just starts flowing and the ideas just start coming out. And before yeah. you know it, like you want 800 things, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe like a, like, a, like a hairy leg hanging off of a, of a bridge. Oh, you could have one okay. of those, or or uh, I don't know. I also like. I am very fond of um, Tongaroa from the Tiki Room. Oh, I like Tongaroa's. Yes. I like Tongaroa's face, uh, and so maybe a Tongaroa life-size oh, Tongaroa. Yeah. That would the, be cool. <laughs> with like the bell flowers and all the things come down. Yeah, you know there. There's all kinds. Of, I mean, Disneyland has so much stuff to to like want to have mm-hmm. yeah so yeah uh, it's and from i mean i'm not gonna keep going because i could go like through like history everything one right <laughs> yes one please 
So so we'll just we'll just leave it there and let's see what what's what's on your uh one but probably ten things list. I'm actually gonna try to play this game properly, okay? I'm not going to list my runners up, I'm not gonna list <laughs> any of that. Maybe. Who knows? I might. Mm. I'm gonna try to keep it to a minimum. Uh but considering Mel was very good about sticking to one, I'm gonna try to do the eh. same. Eh, and I'm gonna try to give you some context. Uh, so like Andrew, a lot of things popped into my head, right? And this idea really began to evolve as I was playing Dreamlight Valley, you know, after the last recording, because I kept looking at the death wheel and all that. I mean, the Mickey's fun wheel, uh, and the teacups and the Dumbo attraction. I just kept thinking like, man, if how awesome would it be to actually have like an attraction like this in your backyard or to have like a piece of Disneyland obviously everything came to mind like you know first my mind went to mansion but then I thought if there was anything in the park if I could 3d print the partner statue Ah. and like put it in my backyard I feel like I could walk out every time I see the partner statue I've always been inspired by it I don't know. There's something about the partner statue that's just magical. And with all the difficulties over the last few years and everything that the Disney company has gone through, I feel like the partner statue is just that bit of magic that it lives within every Disney fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think that would be it. Like if, if I could 3D print anything, it would probably be the partner statue. And, of course, I would dress it up with, like, a nice, you know, flower bed and stuff like that. It probably wouldn't be the hub. But, man, how dope would it be to have the partner statue in your backyard? Dude, for reals. And then add some lights and then some fountains and then put some sparklers. You're good. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll add a castle <laughs> and a natural uh, orbiter yeah. to, right. the, to the right. <laughs> Uh, Frontierland entrance to the left. Projection mapping to uh-huh. the partner statue. Yeah. And you can make him talk. We'll add a wire oh. above it and have <laughs> different characters flying above the castle. Or maybe I'll use drones. Who knows? Maybe I'll beat Disney to the punch and use drones in my backyard, Disneyland. Ha, there you how go. about there you go. that, Disney? <laughs> I also, I am also very fond of the Roger Rabbit pumpkin that they set out uh, on Halloween. So maybe I'd 3D print oh, one of those, too, around oh, those the partner nice. statue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are cool. I like those. All right. Well, I'm going to set the question out again. You know, uh, join us over on Discord if you haven't joined the community. Uh, it's really easy. If you haven't joined us there yet, just head on over to podcateers.com slash links. Click on the Discord button, and you'll be able to join us there. Uh, what would you like to have from the park? If you could 3D print anything from the park... What would you print? Let us know. Join the conversation over on Discord. I think it'll be a fun conversation. Uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, hey, we got some interesting news. You were talking about Mara just a moment ago. Uh, Mel, mm. end of May. Seems like it's going to be a super, 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 duper, duper exciting time on Disney it Plus is. for you. It is. And you know what? It's about time. Yay! Yay! We are getting all four Indiana Jones films on Disney Plus May 31st, which is awesome. Um, I don't know why it's taking this long, but you know what? Hey, welcome to the party. Finally, we're going to have this and we can watch 
any indie film, like, there. And it'll be good. Like, if anybody wants to binge or watch, like, you can't go wrong with watching all three. I say three, but, yeah. Okay, four. If you want to, go ahead, watch four. <laughs> um, <laughs> before the release of five, which will be the next month. So I'm excited because shamefully i'll be watching a little bit more disney plus <laughs> you know <laughs> if they just add some more stuff hey this is kind of a start so i'm excited i am will i watch them on there yeah because i like just putting them on on the background so um the music and everything like i could watch i could just listen to it and i'm good so yeah thanks disney giving me background noise <laughs> are you concerned at all about Disney editing the films to remove anything that maybe was okay when the films were first released? That's a good question. I could see some stuff for maybe Temple of Doom, but we'll see. I, I could see some stuff. Um, Willie has some scenes that are like, hey, <laughs> so with clothing and whatnot but i don't think it's going to be a problem but if they do it that's going to be the movie that i think would have some editing other than that nah um mm. crusader nah i don't think so okay. yeah yeah it's it's uh i just recently was thinking about watching indiana jones I'm like i should watch these it's been a minute and i have them on dvd but you know with streaming i've gotten lazy and who wants to dust off a DVD box and put it in the DVD player and da 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 da? And so I'm like, okay, it's got to be on Disney Plus or something already, right? And I look, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus? What? Who has Paramount Plus? Like, we that's do. not a. <laughs> I don't. That's one of the few I don't yeah. have. I have almost all the other ones. Um, Same. But, uh, so this is uh, good for me because I can. Uh, don't have to get Paramount Plus. You guys have it, I'm sure, for Star Trek, right, Melissa? Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I can, uh, I mean, not that I couldn't before, but now I can more easily uh, get caught up before uh, the new film. And uh, we can go from there. Like, it's it's uh, it's about time. It looks, it, I was looking this up, and it looks like it is leaving Paramount Plus and going to Disney Plus. So I wonder if Disney has bought the distribution rights from them or bought the streaming rights from them because the first four films were were distributed by paramount from lucasfilm so that's why they're on paramount plus so it'd be interesting oh, i don't okay. know if we'll we'll know how that all worked out but uh they must have coughed up some money or something for them unless it was somehow in the contract that they were going to have it after a specific amount of time because you know, all the news that's been coming out this week about Disney Plus has been really interesting to to hear because, you know, we speculated some time ago that Disney Plus and Hulu were going to merge, right? And mm -hmm. we got news after the investor call that Disney Plus was going to be removing content. Or what was the, the context, Andrew, again? Um that they talked about on the call uh, when it yeah, came to the content? It seems like they they said, I believe they said writing down. Uh, so that makes me 
uh, think of the situation that has recently happened with with Warner Brothers Discovery and HBO Max, where they uh, decided to say that uh, it was worth more money to have uh, as worth more for the films and things that were underperforming to just take them off completely and use them as a tax write off. And in that case, from what I understand, that means these things can no longer be, I don't know if it's, they can no longer be streamed or if they can just no longer be produced. They basically just don't exist anymore. And so it is kind of a, uh, you know, scary thing. If, if that's what they're doing is, is going to be, like taking things and putting them away forever. Like uh, it's kind of hard to say if that's going to be the case or if they're just removing things that are licensed and not technically Disney content. Um, You know, things like uh, the only thing I can think of right now is Bluey, but I don't think that would be any chance they would remove Bluey because I, there was some metric that said that that was the most, watched licensed uh thing in america or something on streaming as it It should be yes and so i don't think it's bluey but just as an example bluey is is a licensed show from australia that wasn't produced by disney so they you know pay out pay money to have that on the thing so is it going to be stuff like that that is going to be leaving disney plus so they are saving you know licensing money and etc or is it going to be you know shows that they produced that didn't do well like the like the mighty ducks or the whatever john stamos basketball show or i don't know what else the show that i meant to watch get to the what is that the jim henson the what was it earth to ned or something the puppet late night talk show that i yeah that was on Mm -hmm. disney plus like things like that that didn't really connect with people are they just going to take those off and just they will be gone forever because they're going to write them off who knows that's that's the kind of scary thing that this all this streaming uh stuff is getting into is like just content being gone forever because of tax write-offs yeah yeah i mean you're right about it being scary because whether it connected with everyone there was someone that it connected with Right. right and the timing is really interesting because uh bef- actually before i even continue we were talking about bluey and talk about songs that get stuck in your head you guys have you seen the song um cupid by 5050 the k-pop girl group no no i'm gonna send you a link but you know there's a lot of tiktok dances that people replicate on tiktok instagram mm-hmm. reels and stuff like that there's a really popular meme dance that goes along with that song uh and somebody animated bingo dancing to that song and they went as far as creating reflections in the dance studio and everything and it looks so good like the animation is freaking spot on so i don't know who made it i'm trying to track down like who the actual animator was but I'm going to send you the link. Uh, it's like the whole video is like really cute, but they did such a great job animating Bingo dancing to that thing. So anyway, uh, back yeah. to the Disney Plus thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the timing is really interesting because uh, y- when they were talking about possibly removing this content, 
you know, just days from this announcement, we got news that uh, there's uh, there's a group that's suing Bob Chapek and some other executives that were in charge of the company during his tenure because I guess they were they were saying that there was some cost shifting going on and they labeled it as a cost shifting scheme where some shows when the DMED uh the, the, yeah the DMED arm of the company was created that they kind of shifted shows like Doogie Kamealoa and the Mysterious Benedict Society over to Disney Channel to offset costs of what mm-hmm. it was taking to run the network and what the upkeep was and stuff. And, you know, it's interesting because we've known for a couple of years now that, yeah, at the beginning of, you know, the pandemic, streaming services kind of blew up, right? Because people weren't really going anywhere. They had, they needed entertainment at home. And so things like Disney Plus came at a really great time. But Disney wasn't adding as much content as was available on legacy networks or with these other, you know, content providers that already had shows available. Uh, We've been asking Disney collectively as the Disney community to add all sorts of stuff, right? TV shows Mm -hmm. that used to be on Disney Channel, uh, the old Disneyland shows with Walt Disney, um, all sorts of things that went straight to video that just don't seemingly exist on the service and now it's kind of coming back to hurt them right because they're losing subscribers because the content just isn't where it like people want it to be they're possibly going to get rid of content now and content that like you said andrew we're possibly never going to see again and the worst part is we don't even know what that content possibly is for us to take an opportunity to enjoy it one more time before it's gone, you know? And yeah. so I, if they do that, I hope they set out a list or put out a list and say, hey, these are, these are the shows that are going away or something so we can watch them one more time. But, you know, along with the news of the lawsuit, uh, there was also an article that came out talking about how the CEO of Comcast had I guess he announced that you know this whole Disney owns two thirds of Hulu, Comcast owns the other third. Mm-hmm. They had an option to purchase Hulu. Disney had a per, uh, an option to purchase Hulu in 2024, and with the merger of Hulu and Disney Plus, it looks like Bob Iger was maybe possibly looking at not purchasing Hulu or just kind of you know, pushing it out and saying, hey, Comcast, if you want it, you can keep it. But it looks like Comcast uh, is going to exercise their legal right and force Disney to buy Hulu. And that's bad because it seemed like such a good thing before because, you know, I've always felt that Hulu's the better service or the better app than Disney Plus is. Mm-hmm. And so I always figured like, oh, they can merge them or they can use Hulu as the base app now. And it just it flows better. You know, you can go through everything a lot easier, better search functions, all that stuff. But Disney is not in a great place financially, you know, with all the money that they lost on the Fox acquisition. Um, 
you know, and all the money that's going to be spent on lawsuits right now in Florida, in possibly moving cast members out of Florida if they decide that they want to move operations to, I don't know, Georgia or New Orleans or I don't know. Like, what if that happens? You know, there's so much going on right now that even more so than ever, I don't think Bob Iger is going to be around for just two years. Nope. I think they're going to want to keep him longer to try to fix things. Look, I've said a lot that I admired Bob Iger for a lot of the acquisitions that he did, but towards the end of his tenure, looking back on it and looking at how certain things were handled, I can admit, you know, there's a lot of fault in where the company is because of some of the choices that Bob Iger made. And so I think that when he left, in a way, he was leaving at a time where he knew things were going to go bad. And so he was trying to protect his legacy. But things got so bad because there was like everything moved so quickly Mm -hmm. that his legacy was in jeopardy. And so now he's back. Now he's trying to fix everything. And in two years, he may not be able to do that. Like he may have to stay longer because he's going to have to correct a lot of those mistakes and make sure that the company can sustain after he's gone, unlike ha- uh, unlike it happened the last time that he left. It's a solid point because he's just has to clean up everything. But yeah, agreed. What do you think some of the biggest problems would be for Disney if they end up being forced to purchase Hulu? Um, well, the, the first thing that I would think of is, I mean, it's not really a problem for Disney as it's more of a problem for the consumer of what happens to the Comcast NBC content that is on Hulu. Does that stay? What I mean, the contracts are there for a while, probably who knows what those are, or does Hulu lose, you know, a third of its programming because uh, NBC is no longer part of, of the project and they move all that to Peacock. Um, and some of that stuff lives on both networks, on both streaming services. So, you know, that's whatever. Uh, but I'm that'll be a loss to uh, the people subscribing to Hulu. Um, and then again, there's also the this will increase our the price. You know, there's some people that just pay for Disney Plus and they're happy with just having Disney plus or people just pay for Hulu and they're happy to pay for just Hulu. And, uh, so the people that pay for both, I think are going to be, you know, possibly paying less in the end. Um, but the people that only pay for one are probably going to be paying more in the end because they're getting this extra content, which they didn't have access to before, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's also kind of, how do I put this? Though the company seems in in like dire straits, I don't really think they are. They're a a hundred billion dollar company, whatever. And yeah, there's there's stuff that it like on paper probably looks bad, but a lot of this stuff is also probably planned already. And some of <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's like getting into the weeds of if this was any other company a lot of this stuff wouldn't be in anybody's like 
knowledge. This would all just be happening in boardrooms and things, and nobody would be the wiser. But because Disney is such a public-facing company, so the the public wants to know, so they have all these press conferences, and they release all this information, um, it, it gets us into that world a little more than if this was Ford or I don't know, some other company that makes a lot of money. Um, but, you know, buying, you know, purchase of Fox and all this stuff, this was all, I'm sure, mathematized all. Uh, that's not a word, but whatever. It's okay. um, it is today. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It is today. You know, they crunched the numbers. They did all the stuff. And granted, you know, the pandemic did change a lot of things. And everybody's still reeling from from the effects of that and will be for quite some time. Like, this has changed the landscape of the planet um, as we know it. So, uh, I don't know. I think the company is probably in better places like disney isn't going to falter if we if we have any uh, uh if we put any stake in the words of josh tomorrow they have plenty of money um so it's it's more how they manage their debt like all companies have debt apple yeah. has the biggest stock res the like cash reserves in the world and they have debt like it's it's all you know managing debt and it's all done on purpose so i i don't think that it's going to be like i don't i'm not worried about the company as a whole i i think it's you know more worrying about who they're firing and who they're you know what they're what they're getting rid of tax wise and blah 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 like i said before so i i, I don't know it, it's it's all just a a little bit above my pay grade uh, when it comes to the money stuff. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think it's it's uh, probably looks more troubling than it is. And who knows? Maybe it's very troubling. I'm not a money guy. So uh, there's my two cents on it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Oh, it's a solid yeah. two cents. More than what I could offer, seriously. All right, five cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said crunch the numbers, it made me think of the Office episode where the Michael Scott paper company is mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet and they go to the CPA. He's like, well, can you crunch the numbers? And he like hits the keyboard. Uh -huh. He's like, can you crunch them again? He's like, <laughs> just hits the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's you're right. The Disney company isn't going to, you know, collapse overnight, right? They do have enough money to sustain as a company for quite some time. And it is the, the time for them to make the right choices in order to keep the company profitable. But the news, obviously, that Disney Plus is failing more than anticipated is obviously bad for the company. You know, the Fox acquisition, there's a lot of people that see it as a huge waste of money for the Disney company. And I don't know exactly what the idea behind the Fox purchase was. It could have been just to purchase the rights to the X-Men. But if that was the case, why don't you just buy the rights to the X-Men? Like, why'd you have to buy all of Fox? I get it. Maybe you wanted the content for Disney Plus or for Hulu. But if you're merging them now and you're not going to put a lot of that content on Disney Plus, if it's just going to sit somewhere, then it's wasted money. You know, where now you think about Fox 
you know, Fox bought Tubi. And Tubi is really rapidly becoming a very popular streaming service. And it's doing well for Fox right now. So Disney could have taken that route, but instead, you know, built out their own app. You know, they built out their own service. Whereas maybe they could have just waited and purchased all of Hulu and that could have been the app. So who knows? I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It's the where do you go from here as a company? I started wondering with all this news coming out, like where does the reserve end? Because obviously you don't want to burn through what your reserve is because you still want to have money to enhance the parks and, you know, to uh, increase wages as they've been doing for cast members. So do you like this was a thought that popped into my head. Like, what do you think of the idea of Disney saying, hey, you know, this Disney Plus thing is not doing so well. Hey, Apple, we know we've had a relationship in the past because of Steve Jobs and Pixar and stuff. Would you like to do what we kind of did with Hulu, but instead of three ways, we split it 50-50 and you're part owner of Disney Plus and we merge with Apple TV and we have, you know, equal stake in this streaming company. What do you think the possibility of something like that is or do you think at this point Disney is just making plans to just to use one of their words they're they're just going to be bullish about it and they're just going to put everything into Disney Plus and do what they can to make it succeed uh it sounds okay so what you brought up actually was making me think if it's gonna be profitable to both I could see that happening it's it's such a weird situation but yeah I do think that may be possible yeah and i i don't know i'm very pessimistic when it comes to selling things especially to apple like i i don't know they they seem to be very wanting to do their own kind of thing i mean i know they buy up companies but it also seems like they buy up mostly smaller companies startups different things like that um you know there there are uh exceptions to the rule uh, on anything but you know that Hulu. I think, if if I remember this correctly, is like Netflix and Hulu are the only two streaming services that turn a profit at this point, like that are that are like majorly profitable. So I wonder if that is another like uh, reason to do this merger, to kind of to to split the the costs and the this and the that and the other thing like like I don't know what of those costs can will be shared from Hulu to Disney Plus what departments are merging and what the this and that and hosting and servers and content and all those words um so I I don't know um any of that stuff and what would I like to see Apple be a uh, half owner of Disney Plus? I don't know. I'm not the world's biggest Apple fan. I've not. I've owned maybe one Apple device in my life. Um, I'm. I you know. It's. It's just not my. Apple is not my company. And granted, they've they've done some great stuff in the past, and they've they you know they they do things. So I'm not. I'm not the world's biggest Apple fan. So I would you know, begrudgingly, 
uh, accept whatever has happened, if that was the case. And Apple TV Plus has some good shows on it. And uh, if it was like, hey, those are coming to Disney Plus and I already pay for it, then yeah, great. That's great. Uh, yeah. And then I don't have to get Apple TV Plus for free again <clears throat> or figure out how to do that so I can watch the one show I like on there. But anyway, yes, that those are those are other things I said. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about the companies that are, you know, profitable right now. Uh, Peacock did take about a $1 billion loss this last quarter, uh, or at least at the beginning of 2023. I don't know what their numbers look like uh, now, but, you know, them forcing Disney to buy Hulu puts them in a win-win situation, right? Because the people that they're potentially losing on Hulu they can offer to convert their accounts into a Peacock account and pivot that monthly service fee into a Peacock service fee. And if they give it to them at a discount or something because they were loyal Hulu customers for the first year or two, then they just potentially took a whole bunch of subscribers away from Disney+. Plus. Granted, a lot of those people are probably going to split services and they're possibly also going to be part of Disney Plus. But if Disney Plus is just merging with Hulu, in most cases, people already have a joint account. So they're, Disney's not going to make any more money from that. It's quite the contrary. They're going to be further in debt because of the purchase of Comcast stake in Hulu. So that, I think, is where it's going to get really interesting as far as, you know, where is it going to put the company and will they finally pull the trigger on more content? Because I think that's what's going to save Disney Plus, right? Like the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because I, I'm it sounds like I'm being negative and it sounds like I'm being pessimistic about this whole thing. But in reality, like, I want Disney Plus to succeed. I want to be hopeful that Disney uses this as an opportunity to finally give us the content that Disney fans want to see. That content that we've been begging for since the launch of the service. Because those shows, those legacy Disney Plus, you know, uh, sorry, Disney Channel shows, the, the rest of the DCOMs that don't exist on there, the old like ABC Disneyland shows, all of that stuff, like even all the DVDs that haven't made it, like, you know, all the goofy animations, the those tins we always talk about with the specials and the collections, like all of those things are like so iconic in our minds. They offer so much nostalgia and 90 to 95% of that stuff is missing on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So I is Mr. Boogity on there and not like Mickey Mouse uh or the the uh I for, I I was just trying to chime in and be real quick. No, uh House of Mouse. House of Mouse. Mouse yeah. Or like yeah. Make Mine Music, one of like an animated feature is not on Disney Plus. Yeah. And like yeah. it's bananas. You know, like, I would love to see all those historic, like, specials that they made, like, when they opened California Adventure or mm-hmm. when they opened attractions and stuff like that. The Mickey Mouse like, Club I, is not on Disney+. Plus, Right? Missing so that's what I'm saying. Like, all of this that I'm bringing up may sound negative, but the reason I bring it up is because 
I hope it gets pivoted into something positive. And instead of removing shows and using them as a write-off, Disney understands and sees that their fan base wants to see this content. It may not be popular right now because you haven't had enough people watch it because you didn't bring them in with something that they loved in the first place. And if you bring them in with something that they loved, who knows? Maybe they will love these other shows that you're putting on there. But you need the eyeballs, right? So Uh I'm hoping that this is the pivot point where they realize, okay, we got to add this new content. If we're going to be forced to buy Hulu, let's add all this stuff that we haven't added before. Let's announce it. Let's do this marketing campaign around the nostalgic, you know, aspect of all these shows that you that you love. And I think Disney Plus can flourish that way. But if they if they just want people to sign up with the stuff that's on there, yes, there will be a fan base for Marvel. Yes, there will be a fan base for Star Wars. But most people are watching things like The Mandalorian and these other shows, and then they're canceling because there's nothing else for them. Give them something else. Well, and I, I'm assuming that that's where a lot of this Hulu content is going to to come into play, because the people that want to watch Grey's Anatomy or ER or these ABC shows that are not on Disney Plus, they'll have Hulu, and the, well, now they'll just have Disney Plus, and they're not going to cancel because you know, like you like to put The Office on in the background or whatever. Some people want to put the ER or Bones or something. And those are Fox, you know, that's a Fox show, Bones or House or any of these Fox shows that that are on Hulu will now be on Disney Plus. So they will be using, you know, instead of The Office, they they have, uh, uh, I don't know, Taxi. I don't know what's on on what's what's a Fox show. <laughs> <laughs> like they Disney owns a lot of shows. Like I was looking at a list of somebody had posted a list of everything that isn't on Disney Plus that that they own that they own outright uh including fox stuff and it's just like it's a just a huge list 700 plus things that disney owns that is that that are lost like uh you know the i think some of these things are on hulu but mash like one of the biggest shows that like ever existed uh mary tyler moore show like all these things will will get people you know that I think that's kind of the big, big thing that people have. You know, streaming they put stuff on in the background, they binge it, they do whatever. So that's where these long season shows come into play for these streaming services. So I, I have a feeling that a lot of that is going to get added before, before a lot of the other movies and things like that. But House of Mouse had a ton of episodes. Like there, there's. There's all kinds of stuff, and we can sit here and I can ramble off a list of of things that are not on Disney Plus because we can go forever. Like yeah. I, I can just pick like here's a uh, The Little Kidnappers starring Charlton Heston, not on Disney Plus. Didn't know about that movie, but you know, there's a, I don't <laughs> like, even know what that is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know either. But you know what uh, I do yeah. know that is coming to Disney Plus? Uh. Doctor Who. Who? And oh, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, like that acquisition, I think, is going to be a positive one for Disney because I know that through BBC and BBC America, the last, the 13th Doctor, the latest Doctor, 
had an average episode viewership of almost like four and a half million people. So if the the new episodes and the library of episodes going back to the Ninth Doctor are going to be available on Disney Plus, that could see a little bit uh, of an influx in uh, new subscribers that will now be able to watch Doctor Who on Disney Plus if it le- if it's fully leaving HBO Max because that's where I was watching the episodes they were all on HBO Max so uh, they're not gonna make any additional money from me because I already pay for Disney Plus but you know it's easier than to have to switch services to go watch something else when I want to so uh, I, we want to hear from all of you. You know, tell us where you stand on all of this. Do you care who owns what service? And uh, what do you want to see? If Disney said, hey, what would you want to see come back to Disney Plus tomorrow? What would it be? Especially if you've canceled the service recently. I would love to know why you canceled and what would bring you back. You know, we're not being paid. This isn't an ad or anything. But yeah, we'd love for you to join the conversation. Tell us what you'd love to see to come back and tell us your thoughts on all of this craziness that's going on with the purchases of of Hulu and shows moving and all that stuff. So uh, we're going to move on in a moment to some other stuff. But before we do, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that help make these episodes possible. For more information on how you can become a member of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, and just some information about what the FGP Squad is all about. Uh, being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to a special section of Discord, access to our happy hour calls, some additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, uh, random giveaways, and more. So if you have any questions, feel free to send us a message. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, so we were talking about Disney Plus. Uh, have you had an opportunity to watch Muppets Mayhem? Yes. Got a few episodes in, yeah. Yeah, same. What do you think so far? Fun. Oh my gosh, fun. For and surely. Yes. <laughs> and clever. Clever with the little quips and remarks and stuff so it's it's well i think it's well written so it's fun yes it's 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 a i love it um i'm slowly pacing myself watching it because i don't want it to like be over with so (laughs) i will slowly uh make it through but yes i'm very the show's very good written by uh Adam F. Goldberg uh, behind the series, the first seven seasons of the Goldbergs and uh, many other projects. But it do- it does have a similar tone to those it first does, seasons right? of the Goldbergs. But that would like that's what made the show popular. Um, and so it's, you know, it, it's very fun. They I think they use the electric mayhem well. 
all the characters well. I, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm only a few episodes in, so I like to see more of Zoot. Uh, Zoot's my favorite <laughs> member of the <laughs> Electric Mayhem. But the inclusion of Lips is also fun. Uh, who was a you know uh, sometimes on again, off again a member of the Electric Mayhem when they needed a trumpet player kind of thing. So he's a you know major member of the you know in this series. It's just silly fun. Like it's all good. And, you know, the sometimes the electric mayhem will get on your nerves watching it, too. I'm like, what are you doing? And it's, <laughs> yeah. But it'll all be good in the end, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, when I first heard of it, um, I was excited that we were going to get this show about the electric mayhem. But I didn't... I, this isn't what I expected. I'm so much... I, I'm so happy with what this show is so far that I'm excited to watch more episodes. Mm-hmm. I will admit that I wasn't exactly sure how to feel about Lily Singh. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of her late night show. And so I I worried uh, that, there, like, that that would kind of turn some people off to the show. But I like her character in this so far. I like I like the interactions that she has. I like the character that she's playing. I like the story behind her character and what she's doing. So I'm I'm glad that I went into the show with a much more open mind when it came to like having her as part of the lead of the show or the lead of the show really. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've been man, it's it's funny. It just it feels like a documentary at times, and then yeah. like a sitcom at others, and it it has so many aspects and mixes so many genres into this one episode that it I I don't know it just it feels different and new and exciting, and it feels like it's gonna be one of the Muppet projects that finally sticks. Yeah. 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 They've done their homework to what people like or like the, how do I say this? There's been like a huge uptick in dogs, cats and stuff. And animal, animals been given like to me and they kind of explain it too. Oh, I guess this is spoilers. Sorry. But animal is kind of like a cat Mm -hmm. with what animal does and I'm like, oh, I know that. And then this, and then they explain it. And then you see more of it. And it's like, oh my gosh, they know who they're talking to and who they wrote this. Like they're, they're, that's why I call it smart because it captures everybody, like all sorts of whatever you like here, this, this kind of personality, like it's good. Like Nara. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nara. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of of uh, Penny Waxman. Um, yes, the, yes. Uh, <laughs> owner of the record company. She's very funny. I like her character design. <laughs> I also like there's an episode where she goes to get surgery and she comes out and she's all bandaged up and her glasses, her glasses are also too. bandaged up <laughs> <Yeah>. underneath. <laughs> I thought funny. that was very clever and very fun. I really, uh, It's such a good show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to keep watching it. And everybody else should watch it. It's very hilarious. Yeah. 
it's funny you mentioned her character because when we were watching it it was one of the first things that the kids pointed out when her character came on screen they're like why are her eyeballs on her glasses (laughs) (laughs) it's like because she's a muppet that's why it's kind of like uh dr bunsen honeydew whose (laughs) eyes are his glasses like they're right like scooter the same thing scooter's eyes are in his glasses so yeah. it's, it's, it's like has a long are Muppets. That's yes. why. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I love this show. I love the Muppets. And for a while now, I've been praising the Muppets Haunted Mansion as a love letter to Haunted Mansion fans. And it was one of my favorite mansion properties that I could just play in the background and just be happy with. But listen, today we got a trailer, and thanks to FGP Squad member Miguel for posting this over on Discord. Look, I was sold already. I'm not going to lie. I I was Mm -hmm. sold already. But now, watching this official trailer. This is the second. Second second trailer. I know. Second official trailer. This one, this one, oh, man. Mm -hmm. I. (laughs) Nara. 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 All right. Thoughts on the Haunted Mansion trailer? Oh my gosh. Uh, I I, I want to just buy my tickets already, and I say tickets because I think I'm going to see this multiple times. <laughs> I I am. I I think so. Oh my gosh. Just the. The amount of eggs, the the way that they set up the scenes, the rooms, the things, little stuff. Um, it, it's just that alone. That alone is already like, you know what? We, we got the other one with Eddie Murphy. That's okay. This is giving us a whole lot more than what we asked for. And I was really worried about Hattie. I, I was. Mm-hmm. I was worried about Hattie, how Hattie would sound, and Hattie sounds perfect. It's, it, yeah. Go ahead. Listen. I know, I know. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> the Hatbox Ghost in the Haunted Mansion, it's a, it's a wisp that you mm-hmm. hear when his head is disappearing, and from a distance you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> But yep. look, in my head... In my head, I always wondered what would the Hatbox Ghost sound like, right? And look, we recently celebrated Hatbox Ghost Day, okay? I think I think we forgot to post about it. It was yeah, recently Hatbox Ghost Day. <laughs> but I always imagined what his voice would sound like, and this is damn close to what I envisioned his voice sounding like. It was just that, like, rasp. It's not, like, uberly scary. It's more raspy and, like, mm-hmm. like more menacing than anything. Yep. Like it's not trying to be corny, scary, and I oh, they such good voice <laughs> casting for the Hatbox Ghost. I'm just yeah, oh, it's so good. I'm like, mm. contain yourself. The trailer really it shows we see a lot more like actual mansion references in this trailer, like going very deep in the mansion stuff. I mean, some obvious stuff, some like deep stuff. I mean, there is a proto 
doom buggy. Like there, there's a chair mm-hmm. that is a doom buggy. There's the chair with the face on it. We have the trees, like the yes. you know when you go, you fall backwards mm-hmm. out of the house. The face trees with the faces. We got them. We got hitchhiking ghosts. We got Victor guys. We got the the skulls coming out of the organ. We got. I mean, it's just Dude. it's all there. They've they've done their homework and are doing this like in the way that I. You know, we haven't seen this movie yet, but all things point to it being what the fans want. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everything is, I mean, even into getting into more of the, well, Disney World mansion lore with the sea captain and, yes, and things like yes. that. So there's, there's, it's just, you know, the chock room- full. Oh. Yes, it's mm-hmm. it's just chock full of everything you could ever want and i mean granted who knows how this movie is actually going to be until we see it we won't know who cares but i don't care yeah, cares. exactly if exactly. it's already 300 100,000 million times better <laughs> yeah. yes and then the the little sketch scene at the end of the trailer is very funny where oh yeah you know, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the way that Danny DeVito puts his lip on <laughs> his teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, his teeth, his teeth, yeah, his like teeth this. like this. <laughs> like this yeah. Did you just draw that right now? <laughs> Look, I, I've, I've watched this. I watched the first trailer. I watched this trailer multiple times, and everything. The vibe is just two hundred percent accurate to what it should be. You know, when you look at the exterior shot of the mansion for this film in the trailer, it feels like that Ken Anderson sketch of the mansion that's like that famous Ken Anderson sketch, right? And it just gives you the vibes right from the beginning. On top of that, they took the lore of the mansion in New Orleans Squares, yes. uh, New Orleans Square, and it's outside. Like they have this exterior shot of Rue Royale, and it looks like New Orleans Square. It reminds you of that. Granted, that it also is New Orleans, and that's where that was inspired from. But the idea and the shot of the street, like the name, the sign of it, and everything is there. It's mm-hmm. this feels like the perfect film. Can it be a bad film? Possibly, but I don't care. Nope. It's all. I'm telling you, it's already three million kajillion thousand. <laughs> but Google more Dude, better ish. Color palette. <laughs> the color palette yes. in the film is perfect. It's not bright. It's not colorful. It's not bright green and orange and yellow like. Thank you. <laughs> that was yeah. one of my worries. Like, I didn't want to see all that. And this is, I love it. It's just, it's zen. Well, uh, I'm super excited. I don't know if you can tell. Maybe I, I gave a little bu- a bit of that away. Okay. I might be just a tiny bit excited about this. Uh, I can't wait for this. This is, I haven't even seen it. And this is already a reserve it on Blu-ray you know, for yeah. me because <laughs> I know it's probably going to be on Disney Plus. I don't care. You know, when you love something this much, especially when it comes to films, I have this thing about purchasing films that I really love on Blu-ray because you never know when the service that is that it's on is going to take it away because of contractual obligations that they have with another service or something. You know, for a while, we've been able to enjoy the Spider-Man 
uh, franchise because we own the DVDs and Blu-rays for those. So those are coming to Disney Plus as well very soon. But, you know, that's the problem with, with streaming services. So this is definitely a buy on Blu-ray as soon as it becomes available. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch this one. It's going to be good. I'm renting out a whole theater for myself. That I don't even care. It's just a <laughs> nice. whole damn theater for me. That's it. That's how I'm going to watch the entire surround sound is going to be me. That just would watching be that film in IMAX. <laughs> IMAX 3D. Okay, so talking about spookies because we like spookies and all that stuff. So I like to find different things and I like to share them because sometimes it's just fun learning about little tidbits. The reason I wanted to share this is because I don't think anyone that I know knows about this because I would have heard about it in that kind of a sense. So I found a meme that was posted in a Facebook group that's the um, Circle of Villains. Well, the meme has the Bride of Frankenstein. What does she have to do with Disney, right? Well, in the 1935 film, Elsa uh, Lanchester is also the nanny that first quits in Mary Poppins. Mm. And I'm oh, like, Oh, what? Yes. I had to even go to IMDb to like double check this. I'm like, because sometimes there could be memes and you're like, nah, let me just double check this. It, yes. The Bride of Frankenstein is the first nanny in Mary Poppins where she's like, peace uh, out. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> like, KT Nana. Yes. KT Nana. KT Nana. So because I knew we were going to talk spooky, I'm like, okay, let me squeeze this in because this is just cool stuff. And who doesn't love Bride of Frankenstein? So there you go. More weird stuff. That's <laughs> cool. I, I'm not going to lie. When you first said the Bride of Frankenstein, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that it was going to somehow have a DuckTales connection. Because oh. the the <laughs> Ducky Horror Picture Show episode of DuckTales, where they mm -hmm. have Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein, like it's one of my favorite DuckTales episodes. And then you brought the Mary Poppins thing in, and I was so surprised. I was like, <laughs> I had zero clue. That's yeah. awesome. I love learning little like facts like that. That's so cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think it's time that we start kind of wrapping up the episode. And, of course, one of our favorite ways to wrap up is by learning a little bit more about Disney history and fun facts with uh, our segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew, with the great Mr. Andrew. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Okay. I don't know what that was. <laughs> oh, I got to wet my whistle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a bunch. I got to drink a bunch of water. We can keep this all in. I don't care. <laughs> the years well, I said hey hey ho ho I don't know I I got nothing it's if late if you want while you're drinking water or as you so lovingly put it you're wetting your whistle uh, I can sit here and just be like way out west way out west story <laughs> told commercial break a bunch of cowboys time to Chris bacon cheddar ranch <laughs> <laughs> any hoot uh, the years this year, uh, great moments with Mr. Andrew, 1961 and 1962. 
uh, for films in 1961. On January 25th, 101 Dalmatians premieres in theaters. It costs $4 million to make. On March 16th, Disney's live-action feature film The Absent-Minded Professor arrives in theaters. On April 17th, the Academy awards an Oscar to The Horse with the Flying Tail and to Haley Mills for Most Outstanding Juvenile Performance of 1960 in the film Pollyanna. On June 21st, Disney's live-action feature film The Parent Trap is released to theaters. On July 12th, the first draft of a screenplay is uh, completed for Mary Poppins. And on that same day, the live-action feature film Nikki, Wild Dog of the North is released. Uh, On October 11th, Disney's live-action feature film Gray Fair's Bobby is released to theaters. Why isn't that on Disney Plus? Gray Fair's Bobby. Um, and mm-hmm. on December 14th, Disney's live action, uh, first live action musical feature film, Babes in Toyland, is released uh, for TV in 1961. On September 17th, ABC airs the last Walt Disney Presents show. Uh, and on the next week, September 24th, NBC debuts Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color on Sunday nights from 7.30 to 8.30. Uh, the first show is entitled An Adventure in Color, Math Magic Land. Uh, a new character, Ludwig von Drake, is introduced. The show airs the previously released film Donald in Math Magic Land. And by November, NBC renews its D- Disney show uh, for two more years. For Disneyland in 1961, on April 10th, the monorail is temporarily shut down for extension to the Disneyland Hotel. On April 19th, Disneyland welcomes its 25 millionth guest, Dr. Glenn C. Franklin. On June 1st, the Disneyland monorail reopens to the Disneyland Hotel, crossing over West Street. Uh, This extended line is extended from 0.8 miles to 2.5 miles. A third monorail uh, train is added. Uh, All engines are replaced by the Mark II versions of the monorail. On June 15th, the the Disneyland grad night party is held. About 8,500 students attend from 28 LA schools. It is the largest high school graduation party ever in the United States. On August 6th, the Flying Saucers ride opens in Tomorrowland. On September 30th, Louis Armstrong performs at Disneyland for the first time uh, for the second Dixieland at Disneyland show. Uh, in December, a 24-foot Christmas, t- uh, excuse me, uh, a 24-foot tall Christmas star is added to the top of the Matterhorn in Disneyland. Other things from 1961, uh, the Disneyland Hotel expands and becomes Orange County's first high-rise building. Uh, Dick Nunes uh, becomes the director of operations at Disneyland. Uh, Bark Davis retires from animation work and switches over to designing Disney Park attractions. Uh, Tinkerbell makes her debut at Disneyland, uh, performed by uh, uh, aerialist Tiny Klein, a 71-year-old circus performer from Europe. Uh, And Disney reaches an initial agreement with GE for the Carousel of Progress attraction for the New York World's Fair. Other notable events of 1961. On April 25th, Walt and Roy pay off all existing loans. Uh, Also, the Buena Vista International Company is incorporated. Uh, The American Humane Society Society awards a Patsy Award to Mr. Stubbs, the monkey from Toby Tyler. Uh, Walt Disney buys the rights to A.A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. Um, And a study for a location of a second Disney park recommends Osceola or or Orlando in Florida. 
Uh, and Walt and Roy established the California Institute of the Arts. Uh, birthdays in 1961, January 13th, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. January 18th, uh, animator voice actor Bob Peterson from Pixar. Uh, April 3rd, Eddie Murphy. April 23rd, George Lopez. May 31st, Leah Thompson. June 9th, Michael J. Fox. Uh, August 28th, Jennifer Coolidge. September 22nd, Bonnie Hunt. October 10th, Jody Benson. Uh, December 16th, director Shane Black. Moving on to 1962, for films, we have on February 9th, Disney's live-action feature film The Moon Pilot is released. On May 17th, the live-action feature film Bon Voyage is released. On June 6th, the live-action feature film Big Red is released. On September 26th, the live-action feature film Almost Angels is released. On November 9th, the live-action film The Legend of Lobo is released. And finally, on December 21st, the live-action film In Search of the Castaways is released. For TV in 1962, on June 9th, the KTTV station in L.A., California, begins airing a weekly series called Meet Me at Disneyland. And the Mickey Mouse Club show returns to TV as half-hour syndicated reruns. For Disneyland in 1962, on January 8th, the Chicken Plantation Restaurant in Frontierland closes and is torn down to make way for New Orleans Square. On April 14th, the Spring Fling nighttime event is first held at Disneyland. Uh, for a single entrance fee, guests have unlimited use of all the rides. On June 8th, McDonnell Douglas begins sponsorship of Rocket to the Moon attraction. Uh, the Moonliner rocket is repainted. In June, the Tahitian Terrace Restaurant opens at Adventureland, along with the Big Game Safari Shooting Gallery and an expanded jungle cruise with a bathing pool of animatronic Indian elephants. Also in June, the Frontierland Station is moved across the railroad tracks to make room for more attractions. While visiting Disney in California, Oriental Land Company President uh, Chihiro Kawasaki predicts that one day there will be a Disney park in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, also, the Plaza Pavilion restaurant is renamed Stouffer's in Disneyland Plaza Pavilion. On November 18th, the Swiss Family Treehouse attraction opens in Adventureland. The opening ceremony is hosted by Walt Disney with Haley Mills, John Mills, and Kevin Cochran. The 60-foot-tall artificial tree has 300,000 bright red vinyl leaves. Uh, other notable events of 1962... In February, the uh, Wed Enterprises Company offices are moved from the Disney Studio grounds to an industrial park in Glendale, California at the corner of Flower and Sonora Streets. Birthdays for 1962. January 17th, Jim Carrey. February 17th, Lou Diamond Phillips. March 21st, both Matthew Broderick and Rosie O'Donnell. April 2nd, Clark Gregg. May 17th, Craig Ferguson. June 19th, Paula Abdul. July 3rd, Tom Cruise, August 16th, Steve Carell, October 11th, Joan Cusack, October 26th, Carrie Elwes, uh, November 3rd, Brian Henson, and November 19th, Jodie Foster. And that has been uh, 1961 and 1962 uh, in great moments with me, a Mr. Andrew. Yay. And I hope nobody actually calls me Mr. Andrew in public. That's going to be kind of weird, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll call you Mr. Andrew in public. That's okay. That's, you can do whatever you want. Just for that, uh, just I'm going to do just, it out loud. Just don't call me late to dinner. That's what you know. Mr. Andrew. I will. 
You know, the thing about Andrew is that it can technically be a last name. And so mm -hmm. if we oh, called you Mr. Andrew, people would just assume that your last name was Andrew. <laughs> yes. Although it's commonly Andrews, but anyway. This is true. Look, I knew I knew somebody with the last name Andrew, so that's it's uh right up there. <laughs> this this segment um is a great example of things that just need to be on Disney Plus. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. you mentioned uh the perform like Louis Armstrong performing at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. There was a segment in uh, of Disneyland after dark, like in 1962, where they had a performance where mm -hmm. Louis Armstrong was performing on the Mark Twain, you know, with yes. with a lot of other famous jazz musicians. And that content is so iconic. Like, we need that content on Disney+. Plus. So to circle back to everything we talked about, that performance is a prime example of things we need on Disney Plus. So I'm sure that if you search YouTube, you could probably find that video. Um, but it's a good performance on the Mark Twain. Search for it, especially yes, it was, if you like uh, jazz the music, Disneyland but... After Dark episode of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. It aired on April fifteenth, nineteen sixty-two. There's so many episodes of these TV shows. I'm, I haven't been like digging into like each episode because a lot of them are like they show a part of a movie or they have like this weird episode of like yeah. like shoot 'em up stuff. But yeah, I think I should I should start digging into some of these. But yes, the Louis Armstrong on Mark Twain. From 1962 in this, uh, that's the, one of the years I covered. It's April 15th, uh, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Yeah. All right, that is going to wrap up this episode. Remember, we got an episode of Quizneyland also coming out this Ooh. week. Do we have a preview of what's coming up in Quizneyland, Andrew? Yeah, um, I haven't recorded it yet, but I have it written. So that's, you know, half the battle right there. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars, um, chips, uh, colleges, uh, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So nice. kind of a smattering there. Uh, do your homework. If you listen to uh, this episode of Podcateers, you may already have the answer to one of the questions. So uh, good for you. Yay. Nice. All right. That's it. That is going to wrap it up for this episode. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Nara. <laughs>